Welcome to Open to Hope Radio with your host, mother-daughter team, Dr. Gloria and Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open to Hope Foundation with the mission of helping people find hope after loss. This show has been edited for your convenience. Now, Open to Hope Radio. and our topic is Finding Hope After Suicide. Matt is the Executive Director of the National Association of Mental Illness in Montana. He has a compelling life story as to why he is involved with NAMI. He's a former attorney whose stepbrother died by suicide following a tour of duty in Iraq. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thank you, Hedy. Hi, Matt. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. So now, you're, aren't you a graduate of West Point or something yourself? Yes, uh, uh. I was. Uh-huh. Now, tell us a little bit about uh, your stepbrother. Um, Chris was a really sweet kid. Um, he, he was about seven years younger than me, and um, we we grew up in the same house after our parents got married, and um, Chris joined the Montana National Guard uh, a bit after 9-11, and um, then was deployed to Iraq, um, where he was a machine gunner on top of a Humvee. And, uh, wow. He was really brave. He served his country. Uh, yeah, that sounds pretty incredible, being doing that. Yeah, Yeah, it was during some of the worst times uh, of the war. He was uh, hit by an IED. I mean, there was lots of action, but he... Toughed it all out and then came home and uh, began to struggle. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And you and you saw that, but the, I assume the family didn't know what to do. And uh, it was 2007, and there was really nothing out there. Uh, we uh, we didn't know what. Well, it was 2006 when it was really when the buildup was coming, and we just didn't know. Uh, now, was he having nightmares and all that? Yeah. Uh, the thing is about PTSD is it's a progressive um, yeah, illness or uh, um, post-traumatic stress injuries, mm-hmm. and it compounded over the course of about a year. Mm-hmm. just got worse and worse. So people thought... Oh, he'll get better and better, and it went the other way, huh? Yeah, and, and I just didn't really understand uh, the biological components. I didn't understand any of it. We tried to get him into treatment, but he was self-isolating, and uh, our family didn't know what to do. And, well, probably part of it is that, that they don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it, it's it's that, but it but but it's deep. I mean, the the self-isolating parts of post-traumatic stress. Injuries is just—it's probably the cruelest part because uh, they move away from the people that they need most mm-hmm. to get to get out of the hole. Uh, so right when you need people, you're moving away. And what's interesting, Matt, is I just read a statistic from the Rand Corporation saying that 18.5 percent of military show signs of PTSD. Yeah, and, and there's also they said that one one third of um, of the veterans. Uh, they've checked in with the end of the VA since 2001 has shown signs of PTSD. So it, it, it's a, a major problem. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, it ended up, uh, killing Chris. Yeah. 
Now, are you still the executive director of Anami? Yep. Okay, so did you ever think you'd be doing this? No, I I, I was just in my law firm, uh, uh, just a associate attorney, pl- plugging away on corporate issues, and um, and we lost him. And uh, now he shot himself, right? Yes. Yeah, and uh, we were looking at some of the statistics. Uh, a lot of the suicides now, even with women, are with uh, firearms. Yeah, I was surprised at that when it said firearms are now the leading method of suicide among both men and women. I knew it was with men, but I thought women took pills more than used firearms. It might be the leading uh, successful Oh, suicide. okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's how uh, Eric Hippel that we worked with, that's how his 15-year-old son died. He shot himself. Mm-hmm. So uh, really a tough deal. Well, uh, it's time for us to go to break now. And uh, when we come back from break, we want to talk about with Matt Hunts a little bit about uh, his journey and what's happened with him. Uh, um, I noticed uh, some of the things he's done was, I think, doing something with President Obama. So we want to talk about that. And we want to talk about NAMI and the services that's offering right now and the differences he's made in uh, the military. And I, I, I have a feeling that some of these new studies that are going on are, are you know, part of the help of NAMI pushing them in that direction. I, I did corporate law. Uh-huh. So he was there in corporate law and thought that was your life, right? Yeah, it, it was. Uh, but it's, it's amazing how anger and sadness and the push for will push you towards advocacy. Yeah, could you talk a little bit about the stigma of suicide? Uh, you know... Uh, or did you find it for yourself or how it, were people? It, it's just hard. I think um, everybody looks at it from different ways, but uh, it's a real challenge. It's not quite like any other form of death that I've experienced. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's also getting better. Um, Uh How about the military? Is Is there a different take on it when they've been in the military, or did you find anything like that? Now, tell us what's going on. I know you've been involved in trying to get the military to do something about it, right? And they yeah. are moving in that direction. Yeah, we, we've actually had a lot of success. We uh, started, our, started advocating in Montana, and uh, Montana eventually developed the best program in the country for how to care for returning service men. And now, this is only three years, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you've done a lot in three years, so continue on with what you're doing. And then um, uh, that was was recognized by President Obama at the time as as this being a program that maybe we need to take nationwide. And and we actually were just, just had the program put into the defense authorization bill 
And when that bill is signed into law in the next couple of weeks, it'll require every service member to have a face-to-face mental health screening before they go to war, after they come home, and then every six months for two years. This is based off the program that the Montana National Guard developed after Chris's death, and um, I I believe that it's really going to save a lot of lives. How fantastic, and a lot of crushed families. Yeah, it's it can be so hard, and, and, and while while we don't like, I don't realistically think that we'll save everybody. The one thing is, is even for the ones that we lose, they'll um, they'll know that our country did the best that it could to try to care for them. Uh, we we reached out for them time and time again to see if they needed help. And I mean, it's so wonderful, Matt. I'm just thinking of my father-in-law, who's who's dead now. He died five years ago, but in Korea and in World War II, and he came back with all sorts of flashbacks and problems, and he self-medicated by drinking. And he it, he said that it, the hardest thing about coming back was you came back and you were expected just to act normal and like you hadn't been through anything, and there was no one to talk to about it. So I love the stuff that you're putting in place for vets. It's, it's really simple uh, in, in one way, but the other thing is, is it changes the whole mentality on, and uh, it brings mental health up to the same focus and attention as physical health and that's the only way that we're going to uh, be able to get people the help that they need before their lives spin out of control. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's great. Well, talk to us a little bit about being, uh, didn't you do something with Obama and ordinary people or something? Well, we, I, I've been pretty Pretty fortunate. I, I was uh, featured on during the inaugural train ride, uh-huh. um, and then I uh, was blessed uh, again to be chosen by People Magazine and Major League Baseball as one of the thirty uh, everyday All Stars that they highlighted at the All Star game just a couple weeks ago. Uh huh. How amazing! Did you ever think that you'd ever be in this highlight? You know, in this in the spotlight, and also the pressure of knowing what you're doing. You know, I I, I really I really didn't ever think that I would be here. Uh, it's an interesting combination of high stakes pressure and also just low, uh, you know, low low budget grinding it out every every day from a grassroots level and um, as for the pressure I, I I just do the best that I can I think that that's it you know the interesting thing is to me is Matt that you will embrace all these things you will embrace the all-star thing people magazine uh, doing something with Obama and you can do it because there's no there's no ego in it you know it's for a greater cause it, it really is an amazing thing isn't it yeah it, it, and that's it is I mean, it's all nice to have this and that, but um uh, it, it it's only worth it if if we can help people get the help that that they need. Uh, other than that I'd probably just rather stay in Montana and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> let, let somebody else get the uh attention. Yeah, well tell tell folks how they can get in touch with uh you and with Nami and 
Um, and tell them a little bit about NAMI because it's not just for returning vets. It, it, it's the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and uh, it's www.nami.org. Uh, and if you're in Montana, it's www.namimt.org. And what we do is we support, educate, and advocate for um, people with severe mental illnesses and, and their families. We've got a lot of great programs, I think, especially if you've lost someone to suicide. NAMI's Family to Family program is the best program uh, that I can Imagine it, uh, it. Hopefully, we get to you while you're struggling with your family member's severe mental illness. But I, I took it after the fact, and it really, it, it, it helped me understand why it happened and um, kind of take some, some of the guilt and pain off of um, my, my shoulders. And if you want to volunteer, that's another thing that you can do. Is we're always looking for people to teach these classes and uh, help other families. I think the best way in the world to fight suicide is through ed- education, and I invite your listeners to join the fight. That's great. I, I, I would really like that because Heidi and I always say, don't we, Heidi, that the first step, one of the early steps, not you know, the first step to recovery is just getting out of bed in the morning, but as things go along, uh, reaching out seems to really work, doesn't it, Heidi? Absolutely. Being of service heals will heal others as much as it'll heal yourself. Yep. Uh, we ran my husband and I do a compassionate friends group and we have one of our members is from NAMI. Uh, his son uh, died by suicide and then his wife is also mentally ill and he has been such an inspiration to our group because the wisdom he brings and the information from NAMI and um, he always keeps us informed on what they're doing and, and it's just uh, he's a great guy. So well Matt we want to uh, Thank you for everything you've done, and we wondered if you had any uh, pieces of advice that you'd like to give to our audience out there on hope and recovery. Yeah, I guess um, my, my only piece of advice is uh, use use the strength and the clarity and the anger that losing someone gives you uh, or something that that I started and Chris wasn't the first time I lost someone but it's taken me to Uganda to work with AIDS or orphans and in our community and out of the national level and I think that after you lose someone you have such a clarity of how to make the world better once once the grief and the anger ebbs a little bit um you use that um, because, well, it, it's a horrible get, gift to get. Um, you got it. <laughs> oh, thank you, Matt. That was a, a wonderful way to close the show. And you have been listening to Open to Hope Radio. You can sign up for our newsletter, Facebook, and Twitter on our homepage at opentohope.com.